Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. For those who don't know Mesha, this is how we describe Mesha. Mesha loves Jesus. She loves the Word of God. When you squeeze Mesha, what comes out of her is the Word of God. She loves her husband, Mark, of 39 years. That counts for something. 39 years, and they still look young. Mersha loves her family so much. She loves her grandchildren to bits, and they were here in the first service. Let's welcome Mersha as she shares the word with us. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor Simon. Hey, thank you, thank you. Uh, such a privilege and an honor, Pastor Simon and Lindy, to share the word today. I don't take it lightly. Um, I'm excited about what the Lord has laid on my heart. I trust that we're going to have a really great time. Amen. And so let's pray. Lord, we just love you and we thank you that you are a good God, you are a merciful God, you are a gracious God. In you we live and breathe and reign and have our being. We thank you, Lord, that we're not here by accident, but by divine appointment. And Lord, we determine to take our minds of all other things and focus on you right now. We come ready to receive from you and to take from you. And I declare over us that we're not only hearers of your word, but we are doers as well. And so we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. Holiness is in the blood. Amen. Amen. It's none of our own doing. We are holy and righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And so Leviticus 17, 10 to 14. And whatever man of the house of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. Therefore I said to the children of Israel, no one among you shall eat blood, nor shall any stranger who dwells among you eat blood. Whatever man of the children of Israel or of the strangers who dwell among you who hunts and catches any animal or bird that may be eaten, he shall pour out its blood and cover it with dust. For it is the life of all flesh, its blood sustains its life. Therefore I say to the children of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of any flesh, for the life of all flesh is its blood and whoever eats it shall be cut off. Just a reminder to us that God made it very clear that no one should eat or drink the blood. The blood of the animal was never to be treated as common food. It belonged to God, the giver of life. Here's something that I read this week. The blood of the sacrificial animal was to be spilled and not consumed. In fact, the Israelites were never permitted to eat or drink the blood of any animal under any circumstances. One reason that God put the stipulation before them was so that they would revere the blood 
and thus have a proper understanding of the preciousness of the blood of Jesus when it would be spilled for them. And we thank God today that it is the blood that makes atonement for, for our sin. Atonement for sin was achieved by sacrificing an animal without spot or blemish. We don't have to make any sacrifices today because the spotless Lamb of God makes atonement for our sin. We read, um, we read in John, John the Baptist says in John 1 verse 29, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And this is our opportunity on a daily basis to behold the Lamb of God. If we have sinned in our lives, we are totally forgiven and we are blood washed as we behold the Lamb of God. If we are struggling in areas in our lives and we need the Lord to give us wisdom, we look to the cross of Calvary and behold the Lamb of God who always causes us to triumph. Amen. This is important that we behold the spotless Lamb of God. Now we are totally forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross. Nothing we do uh, makes us holy or righteous or pure. It is the spotless Lamb of God that did that for us. And so we are blood washed and we are accepted in the beloved. Yes. Ephesians 1. Verse 5 to 6 says, Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. What a powerful word. We are totally forgiven once and for all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Nothing is excluded. No sin is excluded. When Jesus paid up the price on the cross, he paid a high price. He paid the full price for all of our sin, for all of our guilt, for all of our shame, for all of our condemnation. Amen. Amen. Now, many of you have heard my testimony and I just couldn't resist sharing it again because I know today that I am totally forgiven, that I am blood washed and I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. It's a privilege and an honor for me to share this testimony. I wish that I knew then what I know now. I wish that I would have heard this testimony a long time ago. Then I wouldn't have struggled with so much guilt and so much condemnation. So if you continue to hear my testimony over and over again, it's because I love the Lord. It's because He's done a good thing in me. He's because He's changed my life once and for all. Amen. So my testimony is this. At age around 19 or 20, I was raped. I felt pregnant from the rape and I chose to have an abortion and I really struggled with it. Guilt and condemnation was my name. I never realized that it had affected me so badly. When it happened to me and I made the decisions to do what I did, I also made a decision that I would tell nobody about it and that I was going to take it to my grave and that doesn't help us at all. And so throughout my life, without 
without me realizing it, I carried the burden. I carried the guilt and the shame, and it was displayed in my life on the outside. Amen. But thank God for the cross of Calvary. Thank God for what Jesus did on the cross. Amen. And so I am so forgiven. The rape was awful. I struggled with that. But when I came to know the Lord as Savior, it was the abortion that stunted my spiritual growth. I always felt that God couldn't use me. He was angry at me. He couldn't possibly forgive me for what I had done. I was a murderer and I needed to pay a price for that. But thank God Jesus paid the price for me and I struggled. We thank God for the blood today. And so, yes, I thought that God could never use me. And here I stand today. I'm excited about sharing this word. Amen. Because God is a good God. While preparing for this message, I was reminded of Genesis 4 verse 10. And God said to Cain, Cain, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And God at that moment, and even today, for many of us, we struggle with the shame, the guilt, and the condemnation. And God is saying to us, what have you done? Your brother's voice cries out to me from the ground. Sorry, God is saying to us that he forgives us. Amen. He is saying to us that I've heard the cries. I've seen what was done to you. And I was there. And God doesn't take it lightly when we are abused, when we are raped, when we are done badly to. God hears it all. And so many times we want to, we want to um, pay evil for evil. We want to get at them for what they, has done, they have done. But God, he is merciful and he is gracious and he will do what he needs to do in the hearts and the lives of the people that come against us. Way back from the first mention in the Bible, God tells us, when he said to, 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 to Cain, what have you done? He tells us that he hears the voice. He hears the cries of his people. And we can, and he, and, and we can hang our hope on that. That was something I heard from Pastor Lirico this week. And I don't want to take the glory for that. But I was also reminded this week that Alvin Slaughter says, My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. Amen. And so we are always asked the question, where were you, God? Why didn't you do something? Why did this happen to me? Couldn't you have stopped it? And God's saying to us, he's been there. He was there and he will bring about restoration. He will bring about deliverance. So whatever you are going through, it's opportunity for us to forgive and trust God that he was doing what he alone can do in the situation. Thank God Jesus made atonement for all our wrongdoing. Even murder was dealt with on the cross. Now, I am not advocating abortion, not at all. I want to say to you today, if you are even considering it, don't do it. It has consequences and God has another way out for you. 
And so the consequences of abortion are guilt and shame, condemnation, depression, anxiety, stress, regret, anger, loneliness, poor self-esteem, of which I suffered them all. To those who had one or more abortions, I want to say to you, repent, ask for forgiveness, receive your forgiveness, and trust God with the rest. Amen. And, but there's a new covenant that God made with us. It's found in Hebrews 10, 16 to 18, and this is the covenant that I will make with them after these days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, and I will write them. Then he adds, their sin and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Everything was dealt with on the cross and we no longer have to make any sacrifice because Jesus was our sacrifice. Jesus was our scapegoat. And so I come to know the Lord as Savior after all the stuff that has happened to me and I struggle with guilt, shame and condemnation. But one day I have an encounter that changes everything in my life. I have the opportunity to write my life story. I take the day off work and I'm really excited about doing this thing. And I start writing, I look, try and remember as far back as I possibly can remember my early childhood, the days um, when I was much younger, the good days and the bad days, there was a lot of good I must say. And I'm writing all of these things down and for the first time, I actually address the rape and the abortion. And I sit there and I'm thinking, it doesn't, not my story, it's as if I'm writing somebody else's story. But I carry on and I go through all the gory details about what happened on the night and the day I made the decision to have the abortion. And in that moment, I realize that I am totally forgiven. I am blood washed. I have been re redeemed. The Bible says that we are redeemed from the curse of the law and we walk in the blessings of Abraham. And in that moment, I just feel so clean. There's a weight lifted off of my shoulder and I cry out to the Lord and say, thank you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross. I receive my forgiveness and my life changes from that day. I always felt that my growth was spiritual growth was stunted. But now I was confident that God was going to use me and that he had an amazing plan and a purpose for my life. And that is exactly what he did. I get to stand here because of the grace of God. I get to stand here because of the mercy of God. I get to stand here because I know that he loves me and he's counted me in the body of Christ. He accepts me in the beloved. Amen. We serve a good God. My life changed. Joy was my experience. Peace was an everyday encounter. And I was free of all the guilt, the shame, and condemnation. And so I want to share four things that Jesus dealt with on the cross. And there are many, but time doesn't allow us to go in depth. But the first thing is that we are reconciled to God. And that means that we come boldly into the throne room of grace and there we find grace and mercy to help in time of need.
2 Corinthians 5, 19 says, that is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Amen. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we now get to have fellowship with the Father. And this should be your highest priority to have a relationship with God, to have intimacy with the Father. Amen. That is what God always wanted. In the beginning, the relationship that he had with Adam and Eve is the relationship he wants with us today. He's always pursuing us to come into fellowship with him. So I come to know the Lord as Savior, and I'm hearing lots of teaching about um, prayer and about reading your Bible and uh, I find the Bible very boring. It's not making any sense to me. And I'm not enjoying it at all. And I also make a decision that, okay, I'm going to read the Bible. So I do that. I read a few scriptures that I find in the Bible. And I also go and pray. So I take time. I was working at the time. So it's early morning. I get up to go and pray. And every time I go and pray, it's just boring. I'm not feeling it. It's dull. I'm not sure if the Lord is there, if he's listening to my prayer. But for a while, I continue to go, hoping eventually I'm going to feel it. But you know, the Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight, not by feelings. But if you don't know that, you will want the feeling. And so anyway, after a while, I think it's not working. It's okay, I'll just go to church and I'll hear what the preacher says and use those scriptures and try to change here and there. And I don't go and fellowship with the Lord anymore. But one day I'm going into our lounge where I normally go and pray, and on my way out, I hear the Lord saying to me, strong, clear, Mercia, I miss my time with you. And I'm thinking, Lord, I thought you weren't there. You never responded. You never made me feel like you were there. And in that moment, I just knew that I had to keep going and spending time there. And that started a really great relationship with the Lord. And I, I share everything with the Lord. Before I share stuff with my husband or my children or my friends, I go to the Lord and I tell him exactly how I'm feeling and what has irritated me and what has frustrated me. Because you know, he has broad shoulders. He has answers to our questions and he has solutions to our problems. So I love fellowshipping with the Lord. And so that started my relationship with the Lord. And I want to tell you that should be your highest priority to have a relationship with God. And in the book of John, it says, he who abides in me and I abide in him will bear much fruit. And so many years ago, I heard this woman preach, and she said something that really stuck with me. She said to me, abiding is not a work that you perform, but it's a position that you take. And over the years, that is what I found with my relationship with God. I go in there every day, and every day it's so different. He's cool like that. He changes things 
one day it's just prayer, another day it's, you know, he will encourage me to listen to a teaching, another day it's just he will download things and tell me how I should pray, and I just love that about the Lord, but it's not a work that you perform. God never wants us to come in there because we want to tick the box. He never wants us to come in there because, you know what, if I sit there for five hours or two minutes or whatever, you know what, he will do something for me. That is not the God that we serve. He wants you to come and enjoy him as much as he enjoys you when you come into his presence. Number two is we are forgiven. We are blood washed. If you are born again, you are pure and holy and righteous, not because of what you do, but because of what Jesus has done for you. So Luke 23, 34 says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him we have redemption, deliverance and salvation through his blood, the remission, forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses. There's a whole lot of stuff in there, amen, of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses in accordance with the riches and the generosity of his gracious favor. Thank God for the gift of grace. Grace is unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. And I'd like us to think of grace as an opportunity to love on God. We must remind ourselves that grace, because of what Jesus did and he's given us this, grace we should come and want to honor him. Paul says, beloved brethren, I beseech you, um, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing, acceptable to him. We should want to love God when we hear about the message of grace and not use it as an opportunity to sin or to be disobedient. Amen. God is a good God. So when I received the revelation that I was totally forgiven, past, present, and future sin, my heart changed. And that meant my life changed. Amen. I knew I could never pay Jesus back for what he did, but I was going to honor him with my life. And I realized that forgiving myself was as important as receiving forgiveness. Number three, healing was made available to us on the cross. Isaiah 53, 4 to 5 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Amen. And 1 Peter 2 verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So if you were healed, then you are healed. Amen. And I can testify today about God's healing power in my life, in my children's life, my daughter, we prayed for her and she was healed of nephrotic syndrome, a kidney disease. And praise God, we celebrate about that today because she's also given us two beautiful grandchildren. Amen. So that is exciting. 
I also struggled with depression for two years. I heard voices telling me, kill yourself. You have no worth and value. You are embarrassment to your husband and your family. And we know that that is the lies from the enemy. Satan is called the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. Amen. But I listened to those voices and I remember day in and day out, I would fight those voices. There was times when I would go to the kitchen and look for a knife and do try and want to do this thing and then I'll also hear a voice that says keep going keep going keep going you can do this thing and I remember many days just crying out to the Lord Lord I don't want to leave a legacy of suicide for my children and you know what it's 10 years later and I'm strong in the Lord the Lord the Lord is great brought great deliverance to me. You know, I experience peace on a daily basis and the joy of the Lord is always my strength. And so I wanna say to you, if you're struggling with depression or whatever sickness or disease, Jesus paid a high price, the full price. At the moment, I'm contending for a healing, but you know what? I know that my Jesus heals and I'm gonna continue to fight. I had to fight depression for two years, but I had the author and the finisher of my faith with me, steering me on, telling me, you can do this, girl. You keep going. We're going to win the war. Amen. God is a good God. He's a merciful God. He's a generous God. And he loves us. Number four, Satan was dealt with on the cross. Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Now, I'm not sure, but if this happened to you, but when I came to know the Lord as Savior, it seemed like all hell broke loose in my life. And yeah, and the, the, the thing is, when you go to church for the first time and you just hear about Satan, Satan never bothered me before, but suddenly you just hear Satan, Satan here, Satan, Satan there, you know, and you give him a whole lot of credit for what he can do in your life. And so I was extremely fearful of what Satan could do to me. And I remember hearing scriptures like John 16, 33, in the world you will have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world for you and deprived it of power to harm you. We forget about the second part, but we just hear the trials and the tribulations. And it seemed like, gosh, I was struggling personally, I was struggling financially, I was struggling in my job, I was struggling with my children, mentally I was struggling, it was just a bombardment and it was the depression that had hit me and there was a desire to just quit this whole Christian thing. Where would I have been had I quit? Oh my word. And yeah, but praise God, God pursued me. <laughs> God pursued me, he kept at me. I'm always reminded of um, the scripture that speaks about God leaving the 99 and going after the one. Am I grateful that he went after the one, that one was me, amen. And I wanna say to you, <laughs> 
If you are struggling today in whatever area, God will pursue you. He wants you to keep going because he always causes us to triumph. We serve a big God. We serve the God of the impossible. We serve a miracle working God and he loves us. If you are sick today, God wants you healed. If you are struggling with depression, he wants you totally healed and delivered. Because when we are sick, it's costly, it drains our energy, it takes up our time, and we can't focus, we lose all creativity. And the Bible says that God, there's a scripture I'm looking for, Holy Spirit, what is that scripture? (laughs) The goodness of God leads us to repentance. And so often we think that God has put depression on you to teach you a lesson. That is not the God that we serve. God has put sickness on you for his glory. That's not the God that we serve. Our God wants us healed and whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. So yes, I was continuously fearful of the enemy, but God came through and he's done an amazing work in my heart and in my life. Luke 10 verse 19 says, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy, and they shall by no means in any way harm you. Satan is a liar. Satan is defeated. He's under our feet. He has no hold over us. Satan gains entry by our fear, by sin, by disobedience. But Jesus paid the price. And when we go through and we ask, we repent and ask for forgiveness, we can say, Satan, I'm not listening to your nonsense. I'm not listening to your lies or your accusations. Jesus did it all for me. Amen. So God loves us and he wants to do a new thing in our hearts and in our lives. He wants to bring breakthrough. He wants to bring increase. He wants you to succeed in every area of your life because he loves you. Amen. So we overcome him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb. Revelation 12, 10 to 11. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation is and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast out. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. What a good God. What a merciful God. Amen. So I've asked my friend Impo to come and sing a song for us. And I want us just to take this moment just to think about what Jesus did on the cross. He did it all because he loves us. He did it all for our freedom. He did it all so that we would enjoy a perfect relationship with him. He did it so that we would walk in divine health. He did it so that we would be free and free indeed. So Impo's going to sing for us, and then I'm going to come back and pray for us. Amen. 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 Thank you, Nelson. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Thank you, Lord, for your blood. There's a beautiful song that we all know. And if you don't know it, then you're too young. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's about the blood of Jesus. You know, the blood of Jesus that reaches to the highest mountain, that flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. And it reaches to the highest mountain. And it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day. You know, right now, I'm just thinking of you, if you've come here for the first time, maybe you've just heard the gospel message for the first time, maybe you had a relationship with the Lord and you've drifted away from Him. He never drifts away from us. He's always there, constantly pursuing us. If you don't know the Lord as Savior, I want to invite you to come and know my Lord and my Savior. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. He's a gracious God. You know, if you are out there and you want to make Him the Lord of your life, won't you just raise your hand so that we can just pray for you and 
Praise God. Amen. Amen. Anybody else want to experience the joy of the Lord? Lord, we say thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Don't sit here. Don't go away the same. God wants to have fellowship with you. He wants to change your heart and He wants to change your life. He wants to make things brand new. Amen. And I also just have a sense, praise God. I just have a sense that God also just wants to bring deliverance today. He wants to heal you. He wants to set the captives free. He wants to strengthen you and do what only He can do in your heart and in your life. I sense that there's in the area of breakthrough, God wants to bring breakthrough, deliverance and restoration in the area of brokenness. If there's any addiction, you're struggling with addiction, shame, guilt, condemnation. The Lord wants to bring healing. Rape, if somebody was raped, the Lord wants to bring healing. I prayed for a few, a few this morning that was raped. If you are struggling because you had an abortion, not only one, but many, the Lord wants to bring healing in that area. He wants to heal the brokenhearted this morning. He wants to heal your diseases, remove any fear that you may, might have. He wants to remove the sting of being divorced. So many of us struggle with that today. If any of that applies to you, don't you want to stand? We're not going to embarrass you. You don't have to tell anybody why you are standing. I just want the believers around you to pray for you and love on you. Can we do that? Anybody stand struggling in any of those areas or areas that I haven't mentioned? We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you. Can those around you just go and love of them, love on them and bless them and pray blessing prayers over them as I pray. Lord, we just say thank you. We thank you for deliverance here today. We thank you for healing of bodies here today. We thank you that you've come to set the captives free. We thank you, Father God, that they go away changed. They go away healed. They go away delivered today. Father, we thank you that you've come to, to bring life and life more abundantly. We are mindful that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you've come to give us life and life more abundantly. I speak healing over you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to every ligament, every joint, every marrow. I speak to the blood, the blood vessels, the nerves. I speak to the organs. I speak to the large and small intestine. I speak to the head, the hair, the brain, the mind, the skin. You be healed in Jesus' name. And so, Father God, we just thank you for a spirit of peace over them in the name of Jesus because you said you will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because we trust you. You said you've not given us a spirit of fear. I speak to fear and that fear is lifted off of you in Jesus' name. I come against 
insomnia and I declare that He gives His beloved sweet sleep in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we say thank You for Your presence and Your power. We thank You for the anointing in Jesus' name. We love You, Lord. We receive our forgiveness. We receive our healing. We take it, Lord. We take it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.